This is Goals with Soul, the podcast for visionary coaches and entrepreneurs, building your business with inspired action. In alignment with your mission and authentic message, so you can create impact for your soul clients and feel lit up every day. I'm your host, Joe Ingram, married mum of three daughters from London and a former ad agency director turned business coach and strategist. In Goals with Soul, we blend revenue generation with energetics, marketing strategies with pranic healing, and ambitious business goals with our soul's desires. If you're looking to build your business with less efforting and more ease, this is the podcast for you. Let's dive in. Welcome to Goals with Soul. I'm Joe Ingram, and on today's show, I'm talking to Jessie De Silva. She's dubbed the Millennial Money Witch by Forbes, no less, and is an intuitive mindset coach and business consultant who helps entrepreneurs to start and scale their businesses. She helps CEOs create supportive business cultures that increase profits and retain top talent as well as helping unhappy employees find their dream jobs at dream companies for dream pay. She combines business and marketing strategy with her intuitive and academic knowledge of money manifestation to help entrepreneurs connect with their wealthiest, most abundant lives. I'm really excited for you to hear this because Jesse and I really dived into some of the most typical blocks and barriers that stop us showing up in our true authentic selves. And listen right through to the end where Jesse shares a money manifestation ritual that I am doing tonight. I will report back and let you know exactly how that went. And so let's dive in. Hey, Jesse, welcome to Goals with Soul. I am so happy that you're here. I'm really happy to be here. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Now, I just want to dive straight in with a question that I've been dying to hear you answer, which is you are called the Millennial Money Witch. Why is that? What's the story? Well, the short version is that that is the name that Forbes gave me. So, of course, I plastered that everywhere because I want people to Google it and find that Forbes article. So, hell yeah. (laughs) That's like the short practical answer. The long answer to that is basically I got that title from my unique brand of business consulting and mindset coaching because my three-point framework is based in the principles of magic. So exactly what you need to make a spell work or to manifest anything, it's the same thing you need to run a successful business, to manifest your dream job, find your partner. It's all the same. And the three-point formula is one, align your intentions, two, embody them deeply, and three, take inspired action daily. Like that's really all you need. It's not really about the pomp and circumstance of, spell casting as we think of it in pop culture. It has nothing to do with the cauldrons, the potions, the spells, none of that. It's really just about like the intentions you carry, how you start to embody the intentions, and then the actions that you take that move the needle toward those goals rather than just action that keeps you busy, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And I love how you say it was you bringing a unique brand into your space because your unique combinations of the elements you bring really do make you stand out, which is how come we come into contact in the first place. And all of those elements have come together in this really juicy kind of personal brand. I'd love to hear a little bit about what that means to you and how that relates to your clients. I bet that they resonate really highly with this. That whole title millennial, right, must also create quite a lot of intrigue about what exactly you do. Yeah, I think it definitely does. And 
So I basically work with three kinds of people. So I work with entrepreneurs who are looking to start or scale their businesses. I work with job hunters who are looking to land their dream jobs at dream companies for dream pay. And I also work with companies who want to retain and attract top talent and increase profits by implementing people-first policies. So by keeping their employees happy and making them the center of the business, that always increases profits and you know breeds success there. So when I work with people about this, I think it's just a more approachable way of thinking about mindset coaching because mindset is such a broad term. And people kind of it's become one of those terms that's almost losing its meaning because so many people use it and they use it so liberally. So when I say it's about aligning your intentions, like figuring out what you truly want, embodying your intentions, like getting behind it, which to me is not about like, you know, embodiment practices, like sitting and doing, like feeling into your womb space. It's not that. It's like, how do you set up your environment and your day-to-day life to support new beliefs So it makes it easier for you to believe that those are achievable. And then with taking that action, it's like, because it's so much more approachable, it makes sense. You're like, oh, I see how each of these things plays off of each other. What I tell people is that when mindset meets that embodiment, that's when you become the next level version of yourself that you want to be before it manifests in reality. And when your mindset meets that inspired action, what happens is that you start seeing actions that get results rather than the feeling of running around on a hamster wheel where you're like, oh my God, I've been busy all day. What do I even have to show for it? What did I even do today? All I know is that I'm exhausted and I was busy. Or the feeling of trial and error, like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Finally, when that embodied version of yourself, like when you start embodying that meets that inspired action, and especially when all three click into place, that's when you get the result. That's when you have it. So I think that by talking about it in those terms, which are more concept-based, less activity-based, people are better able to see their own unique solution to that. Because to me, there's no such thing as like a one-size-fits-all solution to success. And I know you know this too, because I've heard you talk about this. Just because somebody is saying like, oh, I've made $10,000 off my Instagram strategy. Who wants my strategy? Blah, blah, blah. Well, it doesn't matter if you don't have the right intentions. And if it's not unique to you, you're not putting your own spin on it. Nobody gets to success the same way. Anybody who's trying to tell you that they have or that they have a magic system is literally selling you something. And granted, I'm selling something too, of course, but the difference is that it makes more sense that you can see success by putting your own personal spin and using your intuition to guide your business strategy rather than a plug and play solution that somebody is hawking as a miracle solution. Oh my goodness, such parallels with my own experience. Like you, as I got to a place where I was doing all the things and I was following the strategies, but I wasn't seeing the same success. But that was no surprise because, of course, I wasn't being authentic to myself. I hadn't found my own brand soul message. And so I wasn't resonating. And you can post on Instagram till the cows come home. But if what you're saying isn't really going to connect with people who want to learn from you, then you're not really going to convert into sales. And perhaps even more importantly, you're not going to make that impact that really lights you up for your business. So how did you make that transition for yourself? 
What was the turning point? So for me, it really was like this Forbes article, which was so funny because before that, I like to say I was trying so hard not to be another manifestation coach on the internet that I became just another business coach on the internet. <laughs> like I had swung too far in the opposite direction. And then it was it was like October, maybe it was late September, but it was like October and Forbes had a writer. It was a freelance writer who was looking for like, you know, witchy Halloween themed kind of tongue in cheek experts to talk about money. So whether it was money mindset, making more money, whatever. And it was funny because it was originally supposed to be in USA Today. And the writer was like, oh, they passed on it. I was like, oh, no big deal. Even though like, I was like, oh my God, I love that paper. Like I came from a journalism background and like 10, you know, way back in the day, 15 years ago or so, I was like, oh my God, I want to work for USA Today. So I was like, oh my God, it could be you in USA Today. That's so cool. And they passed and I was like, oh man. And I told myself this or something better. And then she was like, oh, well, Forbes wants it. And I was like, wow, okay. Uh, wasn't expecting that, but like, let's roll with it. And then they <laughs> called me the millennial money witch. And it was a whole article out there about witchcraft, like literally like, you know, rituals and spells around money and changing your mindset and things to do. And I said, oh my God, like people are responding to this. And so I need to like accept that this has happened for a reason. And I resisted it at first. Like I was still like, oh yeah, even though I was teaching that to my existing clients and it was a theme within like behind the scenes within my brand of coaching, of course people were getting that from me, but I wasn't advertising it. I wasn't marketing myself that way. So when that article came out, I had this moment where I was still pushing for the business coaching stuff, more of the practical consulting aspects, more of the strategy. And I, I, I think it was a reaction to suddenly having these tools that I was teaching behind the scenes in my business out there. And it was so out of left field. I mean, I come out of journalism and the law, two, two of the most like skeptical <laughs> professions that you could be in. And now it was out there and it was kind of this moment where there's no going back. There's no getting a journalism job or a legal job after this, right? I'm now the millennial money witch. And I told a bunch of people, like everyone on the internet, how to cast spells, right? Like there's no going back from it. And in that November and December that came after, all my clients and my leads dried up and I had launched a program and it just totally flopped. Like nobody enrolled. And they were two of the scariest months I'd had in business. Like I was down to like $200 or something. And I was like gonna, starting to look for a job and we had just moved several states. We moved down to Florida. And so this was just like a really big time of transition. And you know how like when you move and you put all your money into it and then you've got no money, no prospects coming into your business, it's terrifying. So I took it as a moment to say, what am I being taught by this experience? Like, why is it that this didn't work? Of course, I wanted to take it personally. Of course, I was devastated and I was like reflecting on those things. But after a while, I had to look at it like a scientist and say, okay, well, what was, what's been going wrong? And like the people who were finding me, finding me from that article, finding me from a lot of these things I was talking about that were more on the witchy side, were on the mindset, magic, manifestation side within the context of money and business. So I said, you know what? Maybe I need a rebrand. And that came from like, I took my last, basically my last $200 and invested it in a coach and which was one of the best decisions I made. 
that coach had somebody work with me around my branding. Like what, it, how is it that you want to show up? What do you want people to like feel? What do you want people to see? And I realized that my branding had evolved past what it originally was. Like I had a lot of like kind of professional boss ass kind of pictures and like boss bitch pictures. And that's not really like me. I'm more like sparkly and like silly and I'm very funny. I'm very open and vulnerable. I'm always inviting people in. Like I do lots of free stuff Mm -hmm. for people, free workshops. I do lots of stuff like that. And I realized that like my brand wasn't as inviting and it wasn't including the stuff that I loved, which was the magic part of it. And I really saw so much overlap between the magical principles that I was exploring on my own and how they applied to business. After all, I was teaching that. So I realized, you know what, like people don't feel like they're getting, seeing what they want to get from this. Like they read this article, they're seeing this stuff, and then they're seeing programs that are just so oriented around like very basic business strategies. So I did a rebrand. I made magic the center of my new brand where I was like, you know what, I'm going to teach this through a lens that's way more fun than like the typical stodgy business strategy and practices, which I still teach. Like those are still taught. People still learn business strategy and all the hacks of, you know, using different social media algorithms and all of those things. They still learn it, but they're also learning it through the context of like having a lot more fun with this idea that they can manifest and they can literally do magic themselves. I love that. Now, there's no way that I'm going to let you go today without sharing more about witchy money spells. But first, I'm just really curious about how it felt to make that transition. You talked about coming from quite serious backgrounds in law, and now suddenly you're in Forbes, which I imagine quite a lot of people who used to work with would read Forbes, and suddenly you're being called the millennial money witch. You've like been outed as woo-woo. And I know a lot of people that I work with, and it happened to me myself, actually creating the awareness and acknowledgement that you are woo-woo, that you're spiritual, that you have strong beliefs can be something that's a real barrier to sharing visibly online. How did that work for you? Well, like, I think most people knew I was weird. Like most people knew I was woo-woo, like who knew me personally. I've always been somebody who would ask about people's astrology, look up their birth charts, talk about, you know, very esoteric things. I'm a Pisces sun, moon. I got a lot of 12th house energy, which is all like spirituality, religion, death, suffering, transformation, like all of these things. And so people who knew me like at all really like knew I was into woo woo stuff, but this, this was obviously on a new level. And for the most part, I was shocked by a lot of people being like, oh my God, I'm, I'm a psychic too, especially like female lawyers. I always said like, they're all psychics. All lawyers are psychics. Like they really are. Like they know. Well, most people would just say, yeah, they can see you coming, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. And the thing is that like everybody has psychic gifts, which is what I was explaining. Like everybody's got that sixth sense. It just shows up in different ways for different people. And it's Mm. no different than any other skill that you can hone. Like it's something you can work on. It's something you can develop. They essentially teach you that in law school. You learn it from running a business. You just develop an intuition that guides you where maybe you don't have an explanation for why you know it's true, but it is true, right? Or it can be like a gut feeling, an instinct, all of that stuff. So 
yeah, there was a lot of like initial like people being like, me too. I've always thought this about myself. So it's crazy that you're like out there talking about it. So I actually had a lot of support. I did like later on have like a friend of a friend from law school, like basically like talk some shit to my best friend, like which she should like clearly did. So it would get back to me kind of thing where it was like, oh, she's apparently out here saying like she's a psychic. She like does this and that. Wow. That's like that's really out there. Like, I mean, is she even like, what is she doing with that? Like, what is, who does she think she is kind of thing? Mm. And that just like, didn't even bother me because I like knew this person. I was like, oh, that's like such projection. Like she just je- jelly about my cool life. That's <laughs> like, that doesn't bother me. And so that's kind of the approach that I took to like, if I heard anybody talking negatively, which I really didn't. I mean, my parents were very confused. My parents are like devout Roman Catholics and my parents are both from New York. My dad was like, yeah, you're in Forbes. Like, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. He was like, but I noticed they called you a witch. What's that about? Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> and I was like, uh, like had to then explain to my parents, like, not like worshiping the devil. That's not like what you think is going on. I had to explain like, you know, witchcraft is actually about intention setting and manifestation and things like that. And they were like, oh, got it. Okay. So I mean, some awkward conversations, but for the most part, any kind of weird feelings I had were all self-imposed. It was never about anybody else. I was never met with any kind of like judgment other than like that one friend and the confusion from my dad, but like nothing negative came out of it. And that's what I try to remind clients and people. I'm like putting yourself out there. Like for the most part, people are going to laugh at you or mock you or make fun of you. They're going to do it behind your back. Like Nobody's going to call you up from a job you applied for and be like, hey, Joe, we saw your application and you were so unqualified. We all laughed at it and threw it in the trash. Like nobody's going to do that, right? Like no one's going to do that. Like your haters generally are not going to be like, you know, wow, this is embarrassing. Well, the reality is, is that we're our own worst critics anyway. Absolutely. We judge ourselves way harsher than anybody else does. Exactly. And that's the big leap about deciding that I'm mm-hmm. going to be who I am online and in my business and just take the leap, even if you're judging yourself. And when I did that, nobody else cared. Yeah. Like I didn't get like people from my past popping up and saying, oh, you're a bit weird. And where did this come from? And at first I thought maybe they would say it behind my back, but I quickly realized that people are very self-absorbed in the main. People are moving forward in their own ways. Oh, yeah. Really, the only people that really cared what I was saying were the people that were meant to care, who were the people that I was now resonating with and the people that I could help. So it only had a benefit, really. Right, exactly. It doesn't. And the thing is, is that if somebody's going to come by and insult you on something, first of all, it's only going to hurt if part of you believes it. So like an example I like to use is, um, is fat. That used to be a word that like really bothered me. And like, no matter what size I was, and now I'm a very like proud, voluptuous woman here. I gained like 60 or 70 pounds during the pandemic. I'm not looking to lose it. Like I'm just loving myself where I am. And that took a lot of effort. And what I found is that when I was more judgmental about my size and how I appeared and like all of this stuff, I had more people who would like, tell me I was fat, like comment, like strangers would comment on a really popular post where it's like, maybe I'm in a bikini or something. And they would comment and say something about me being unhealthy or being overweight or something. 
and I would take offense to it and I might engage with it. One time, not proud to admit this, but some rando teenager did this. So I tracked down a school and emailed his principal, like, um, to, like lovingly, where I was like, you know, I'm really concerned that like he's doing this when it was so easy to find his information and like, how is he speaking to other girls? Like, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. I was proud of it at the time, but I'm not anymore. But the funny thing was like, I was so reactive because part of me saw that as a word that was like horrific. Like I did not want to be called that. And like, I would be really insulted by it. And I had to go on a whole journey with that word being like, I, I am fat. And like fat isn't a bad word. It's no different than tall, short, blonde, brunette. Like it's just a description. And when I like had to basically like learn how to integrate that part of me, like somebody could call me fat now and I'd be like, yeah, and Hmm. and what? Like and nothing takes the wind out of a hater's sail than agreeing with them. So (laughs) if somebody were to come by my page and be like, you're weird. I'd be like, I know. Yeah, it's embracing all those parts of you, right? And being that individual because it resonates with other people. And similarly, you know, so many times I'll be talking with someone who's got so much going for them because they're unique and yet they're hiding and shielding large parts of it through perhaps insecurities, but also through a lack of awareness that actually people want to know that stuff. Absolutely. They're actually going to engage with you more, right? Yeah, you have a you have a duty to like bring belonging to the people who identify with that as well. Like, you know, if you feel like ostracized or weird because of these things, I guarantee you hundreds, if not thousands of other people feel the same way, maybe even millions. Yeah, completely, completely. And I know that people listening because I think this too. Now, I just need to ask you, give us something on money. Because clearly your whole money witch thing and your spells is something that you have a great deal of success in. And so many people in my business who listen to this show and I come across all the time, myself included, have struggled with money blocks. It's almost like a rite of passage to overcome your money blocks in order to be successful in coaching and entrepreneurship. So give us some pearls of wisdom for this. Of course. So I like to say that I'm a Cheeto dust, which which what I mean by that is like, there are two kinds of witches. This was based off a meme I saw somewhere. I don't know who said it, but I, I pulled inspiration from it. It's like, there are witches who like put on ceremonial robes and like have beautiful art altars and all of this stuff. And then there are those of us who wipe the Cheeto dust off our fingers and say, let's do this. <laughs> like those are the two kinds. I'm definitely more of like the second class on that. So for me, like anybody can go on the internet, Pinterest, wherever, and look up money rituals, money spells, things like that. Rather, I would challenge people to think about it more around like the intention setting and staying connected to those intentions. So what I would like people to think is like really just focus on kind of guiding your actions around or your intention setting around moon cycles. So at the very least, new moons, which is when the moon is like completely dark, right? Like there's no moon in the sky. That is always a place for intention setting and manifestation because the moon is going to grow from that point forward for the next like couple of weeks. When it comes to the full moon, that's when the moon is going to start shrinking. So that's when you want to focus on releasing things. The full moon's kind of a catch-all. You can do really whatever you want at the full moon. However, I find that 
things that are first preceded by some sort of reflection, some sort of release, looking at money blocks, things like that. If you start with that and then move into some manifesting after that, then that's going to be great. Do that at the full moon, did you say? You can do that at the full moon, right? Yeah. So I say just think of like the new moon and the full moon to start because those are really easy. We could go through all the moon phases, but that's a whole other podcast. No point going through it. So think of those two. And the best way to know exactly what to focus your intentions around is look at the like sign that the moon is in. So when it's a new moon, it's going to be whatever like the zodiac season is. So I believe we're still in Aquarius season. I don't know if it's Pisces season yet. I don't remember. I don't remember when it starts. Oh, I think we're still in Aquarius season. So you want to think about the themes of Aquarius. With the themes of Aquarius, it's like community, it's like innovation. It's bettering the world around you, like trying to strive toward utopia. It's very unique. So going after very innovative ideas So you want to think about like that is going to be the theme of that new moon. So when you're setting those intentions, if you set them according to what the season is, that's going to kind of give extra juice to whatever you're doing. Even if all you're doing is journaling and building your business strategy, even if you're doing exactly what you would normally do, but you're going to do it with intention, that takes it from being just a plain old regular business strategy and turns it more into spell work because you're bringing the intention around with it. And then with the full moon, the full moon is always in the sign opposite of whatever season we're in because it's the close of a six-month period that corresponded with the initial new moon that was in that sign. So what you can do there, again, think about like we just had a full moon the other day in Leo, which is opposite of Aquarius. So with Leo, Leo's the house of pleasure. Leo's all about like, you know, putting themselves out there, being seen. It's also about loyalty. It governs the heart, the heart space and the chest. So when you look at the theme of that, you're like, okay, so this is going to be about things that I have to release. So releasing things that are like blocking my heart, blocking my love from coming through, things that I'm things that are holding me back from putting myself out there and then looking for extra inspiration to what happened 6 months ago. What were the themes of what I was going through then? And most of the time we're getting a mini wave of the same kind of energy whether it's in business or our personal lives or whatever. And it's always around that like full moon. So if you can basically look at the lessons or the theme of the last six months within the context of that, like, you know, zodiac sign, it helps you see a lot more clearly, ah, these are the things that like right now I need to be releasing in order to continually make progress. And I love this activity because it keeps you reflective of what's working and what's not working for you in your business. I absolutely love this. I love the way that you're bringing the moon into it because that's been on my mind quite a bit lately. Recently, I found out that I'm a reflector in human design. Oh, that's so cool. Which is all about the moon, I now understand. So I, Mm -hmm. well, I just know so little about it. And obviously, 
Um, there aren't many reflectors out there to ask because apparently we're like 1% of the human population, which is like crazy. Yeah, you're very rare. I feel so honored. Yeah. So, I, so much of it for anybody listening who hasn't done any of this human design stuff, it is really beautiful at giving you some real insight into your purpose and what your gifts are and how you're meant to serve. And I found that I'm not going to share it now because like Jesse said earlier, that's a different podcast. That's a whole episode, right? Yeah. (laughs) But there is stuff around my particular human design that's saying you need to lean into the moon and the cycles. But everybody does really, because from what you're saying, it's such an opportunity to release our money blocks and bring in that abundance. Mm -hmm. Right. And you don't have like, I mean, you can do plenty of rituals, but like do what feels good. I mean, you can always like, write the things you're releasing and like burn them, like burn the paper, right? Or like flush it down the toilet. Like, I mean, as long as it's flushable, don't don't put lined paper in the toilet. But you get what I'm saying. Like you can always do things that signify some kind of release or some kind of offering, you know, there's, but there's so many different ways to bring like ritual into your business, but you don't need to, like you don't need the fancy spell works. You don't need to like make potions and do all of this stuff. Sometimes just journaling with intention or doing your business strategy with intention and coordinating it to these different themes, that can be enough. That can absolutely be enough. And you just develop your own way of doing it. And if the moons, if that feels like, oh, that's too much, I don't want to do that work. Look up the themes for the days of the week. Every day corresponds to a different theme in witchcraft as well. So like uh, Monday, moon day, that's a day for reflection. So if you naturally like, don't feel like you have a ton of motivation on Monday, maybe just like change your schedule around to like, start it off with some reflection, how the last week went, what you want, what your intention for the new week is. Saturdays is like Saturn day and Saturn's all about structure and strategy and determination. So if you want to like do your budget, pay your bills, clean your house, that's a great day for that thing. Friday, ruled by Venus. So if you look up like the days of the week, it'll kind of give you this natural flow of what you can do during the week if that feels really good for you. And again, Cheeto Dust Witchcraft. It does not have to be perfect. It does not have to be fancy. It can be like you don't need to buy anything. You can just Google things. It does not, it gets to be exactly the only thing that's required is you have to mean it about you saying about intention. Yeah. It's about really, really meaning it. And a lot of people talk about the law of attraction and vibration. And for me, I'm like really seeing some relationship there that actually we're just changing our state, raising our vibrations. And for some people, this might be through a dance or a Tony Robbins style practice. And for others, it's leaning into this witchery kind of area just to open that up. And I love that. Absolutely. Like really, it's kind of the idea of like, it's not crazy if it works. That's what I tell people. Like, it's not crazy if it works. And if it works for you, because the spiritual practices, the mindset practices, who cares if they're bullshit or not? Who cares? Because if it's working for you, if it's helping you, then that's a success. It's the same thing with astrology. We have people shit all over astrology, but then they're, you know, oh, what's your, like, what's your Myers-Briggs, right? It's the same thing. If it brings you self-awareness, if it brings you reflection, if it brings you tools to like succeed, 
then why does it matter if it's real or not? It's like saying, give me the placebo any day of the week. Yeah. (laughs) Hands up. I'll take it. Exactly. Nietzsche said religion is the opiate of the people. Basically saying, you know, okay, it keeps them docile and humble and it keeps them like, you know, compliant. But if it if it's also helps you live your life in a way that feels more authentic, more fun, more grounded, more centered, then who cares? I'm with you 100%. And in Goals with Soul, we always invite any listener who wants to take some action to do it with inspiration, with intention. I personally went through some hard efforting action. And although some people might remember my podcast being called Action Taker Tribe, Now in Goals with Soul, we are not going to throw away some things that were so powerful, and that's taking action, but with inspiration. So Jesse, today, may I invite you to share some ideas for inspired action that people could take if they're really curious about witchery and money manifestation? Absolutely. So I'm going to give people some activities for using their intuition in business. And so I'm going to give you like super easy things, okay? First of all, I want to say everybody knows how to run a business, okay? Everybody knows the basic building blocks. We all know, okay, I'm going to need maybe a website, maybe social media. If you're, you might need licensing. If you're running a restaurant, you might need health, like health and safety to come by, food, health and safety, come inspect. Like, you know, generally the steps that you want to take. And you don't technically, you don't need a coach. You don't need a VA. You don't need anybody. You could go to YouTube University and learn everything you want for free. Like every, there's a video out there. The difference is that, you know, coaches save you time. That's the only difference. It save you, save you time. But ways you can bring your intuition into business, because I see a lot of people who are intuitive and then they get into their business strategy and they are mired in doubt and mired in questioning. Oh, but I don't know. I can't, I'm not seeing a result here and I don't know if I'm doing it right. Or, you know, they think there's some secret to success outside themselves. And really what it comes down to is what is fun for you. A lot of people do not start businesses because they enjoy business strategy or marketing. Like aside from like you and me, Joe, (laughs) like other business coaches, other marketing coaches, most people don't start businesses because they enjoy business strategy. They start it because they want to work with clients. They want to cook food. They want to make, they want to do party planning. They want to do the thing that the business is about. And so for you to show up in the way that's going to attract the right people to you, it has to be fun. That means you got to give yourself radical permission to say no to things. So if you do not, if you're not lit up by Pinterest or TikTok, this is a great example. Everybody thinks that they need to be on TikTok now. Oh, I need to get on TikTok because people are getting such great results there. They have such huge followings. I need to learn to be good at TikTok. And I'm like, well, does it excite you? The idea of being on TikTok, does that sound like fun for you? And then they're like, well, no, Mm. I don't really like video. I I like to write, I like to talk, but I yeah, I don't I don't really like that. And then I'm like, then why are you going to do it? Because people are going to be able to tell that you don't like it. Whether you display it or not, it's almost like an energy. People got that sixth sense, they can tell when yeah, you're full yeah. of shit. So, I'm like, start with one thing or two things and just become good at it. Like when it feels easy, like you're not thinking about it anymore. It's just like a very easy run of the mill thing that you do every day and you're having fun with it. Then you can think about bringing on 
something else. But you don't need to overwhelm yourself. You don't need to be on every social media channel. You don't need an email list. Like you don't need anything. All you need to do is start with what feels fun. And it's got to be that. It can't be what can you tolerate. It's what feels fun. Find the fun and that's going to help you. It's going to naturally attract to people to you. It creates the I'll have what she's having effect, right? Like, oh, that person seems like they're having a lot of fun. I want to be around them. So the first thing is that. Now, this is a money manifestation ritual that I love to do, which is first, like think about first set an amount of money that you want to manifest, maybe like in a few days or a week. Okay. And so when I say this, a lot of people like to go balls to the wall and they'll be like a thousand dollars. And then the first thing I say is, does that feel achievable? Have you ever made a thousand dollars in a week before? Or have you made close to that? Like, has that happened? And if it's like, no, then let's bring it down, bring it down to something that feels achievable. If yes, okay, let's proceed. So then I say, think about that time that you made a thousand dollars in one sale or in one week, whatever it is, how did it feel? And like really tap into the emotions and you want to get as specific as possible. I like to use the resource, the feelings wheel. So you can go to that feelingswheel.com where it takes you from these more general feelings at the center and it branches out to get more specific. So on the outside of the wheel, it's rather than like bad, you feel like it's like anxious and then it'll be like overwhelmed or out of control, right? Like you get more specific. So you want to tap in, look at that wheel and tap in on what are the emotions that you felt when you made $1,000 in a week or in one sale, whatever it is. You write those down. Then you sit for a moment, you conjure up those feelings, like you really sit and you experience the feelings for a second, and then ask yourself, what do I need to do today to feel these emotions? Mm. And when you run your business that way, it is a totally different ballgame because sometimes the answer is, oh, you know what would make me feel like you know, excited and like giddy and proud of myself would be if I went on a run. Sometimes it's that. And sometimes it's like, actually, I would feel that way if I reached out to that one podcast I love to see if I can, if they need any guests, right? Like your brain, remember, has two jobs. Your brain's job is to keep you alive and to solve problems. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so when you tap into, I'm feeling this way because I've I'm made $1,000, your brain goes, wait, but we don't have $1,000. Okay, well, how do I get $1,000? And that's what those solutions are, is your brain trying to close the gap between what you are physically experiencing and what you are calling in. Oh, Jesse, thank you. I mean, practical tools like that really turn me on. I'm like, now that's yeah. something I can get behind <laughs> because it's turning a uh, an idea, a concept into actual action. And I love the fact that not only that, but it actually creates more inspired action. So this is one of my favorite invitations. Thank you so much for sharing Yay! it. I'm so glad. If people would like to know more about the work that you do, how can they find you online? Well, I'm all over the standard social media channels. I do a free monthly workshop in a Facebook group. Basically, it's just free training on different themes every month. And I put them up as like free classes. So all the ones that I've done, like since having this group for a year plus, like it's basically a free course in different aspects of running a business. And I also have promo threads on Wednesdays and Fridays so people can still promote their services. That's called Five Figure Launch Queens. And you can get there by going to the number five 
figurelaunchqueens.com. It'll take you straight to the group to join. And anybody who joins gets a free 20-minute call with me. And it, and I really mean free. I don't pitch anybody on the call. Nothing is for sale. It's just a chance for me to get to know my audience and help people no matter where they are. I believe everybody deserves access to a high-ticket coach no matter their ability to invest. Amazing. And that link will be in the show notes for anyone that wants to jump in there right now. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jesse. Really enjoyed the conversation. It's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show. Thank you. I'm so glad. This was one of my favorites. That was so much fun talking to Jessie De Silva, the millennial money witch. Let me know if you take action on the money manifestation ritual Jessie just shared. Send me a message on Instagram, DM me at IamJo.Ingram. And so have an inspired action week. Take care. Bye now. 